0: What is truth? Pilate asks Jesus. I'm guessing I'm not the only person for whom this question sounds oddly contemporary. It sounds like a question asked by postmodernist thinkers of recent generations. When we hear about postmodernism, it's, it's not a term that all of you will be that familiar with, but when we speak about it, we often take it as evidence of a new Hatred of Christianity, relativization of truth. But I'd like to suggest today that it's actually evidence that we Christians are victims of our own success. The Christian West is the seedbed of modern science, of the discipline of history. It's the birthplace of the modern university, of human rights, an astounding flowering of intellectual virtuosity and achievement. We've learned so much about the world and about the humans that inhabit it that eventually there grew to be a danger that we would forget the conditions that allow for real intellectual curiosity, objectivity, and joy in learning. If any of us here are teachers, and I know that there are actually several of you out there. We know that when a student, especially a child, is struggling with his or her studies, very often it's not a sign of an intellectual deficiency. Rather, what the student is lacking is a stable and loving environment at home. And if I can oversimplify for a moment just to make a point, I'd like to suggest that this was the situation of the human race under paganism. And it is a good depiction in many ways of the anxious human race under the neo-pagan ideologies of today. So perhaps Pilate is better understood not as representing postmodernism, but as a certain pagan frame of mind. His is a world where the main motivator is thinly veiled fear. Pilate himself is moved to distort justice because he fears Caesar, And he fears the crowd. And he believes that Jesus ought to fear him. Doesn't he know what he can do to him? Pilate reasons, so to speak, with this sort of limited idea of reason. He reasons with Jesus by appealing to a craven self-interest. Don't you want to save your skin? I can help you with that. Now, by contrast, throughout the Gospel of John especially, Jesus makes clear that he comes here from a home that is truly loving, from the community of the Holy Trinity. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. The Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. Pilate doesn't believe that anyone can know the truth not because he doesn't believe in truth, but I think it's because in a world that's governed by fear, power is a way of protecting oneself, and so making assertions about truth is a way to assert power. So we can't really know what's behind that assertion of power, whether it's true or not. What matters is that if you don't want to get punished, you'll go along with whatever people tell you to go along with and stay out of trouble. In this kind of world, then, claims about truth Being claims or assertions of power are not very reliable. And again, I would point to our anxious world today in which fake news abounds, things like that. But Jesus' witness is not one of power. His witness to the truth, and this is the context in which Pilate asks this question Jesus says, I bear testimony to the truth. This witness is a witness from weakness, not compelling others to assent to a narrative that's imposed by political power, but one that invites others, lures them by the beauty of truth, by the picture of filial love. This love drives out fear. Christ willingly endured the cross, heedless of its shame, heedless of the fear it was meant to provoke. In the agony in the garden, his divine nature leads his human nature away from fear and toward faith. Now, if you accept this contrast that I'm drawing, then I have good news for you. We're just over halfway to the goal of my homily. I mentioned the postmodernists above, and I noted that many Christians today see postmodernists as enemies, but I'd like to challenge this idea. First, let me point out that postmodernism, being postmodern, comes after modernism. And from my perspective, modernism really is an enemy of the faith. And in fact, until very recently, all Catholic priests at their ordinations had to swear an oath against modernist heresies. And it's still an option to do so. Some priests still take this oath. And if I could boil down the problem of modernism, there are many ways to do it, but for today I'd like to suggest that we can describe it like this. Modernism separates knowledge from the climate of love and trust or faith. That's the proper soil of a genuine encounter with the truth. When knowledge is separated out this way, it becomes an instrument of power. And the nexus of power is the opposite Of the climate of love. This is what I mean by saying that we Christians are victims of our own success. The knowledge that flourished in that late medieval climate of faith and love presented a temptation toward power, not unlike the temptation that Adam and Eve underwent. This is how to understand St. Paul's warning that knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Any attempts to get at the truth where love is not the foundation of our search will ultimately lead us away from the truth. Or we can look at the problem this way. If I view truth as a set of things I can commit to memory, something that I can master, then it is not truth because we cannot master the truth. Christ is truth and he is the master. He is the teacher. It's an astonishing thing that Christ refers to himself as the truth. And to understand this, we should remind ourselves that the Son of God is the Word of God. He is by nature communication of the Holy Trinity. By God's Word, all things were made. And knowing the truth means knowing the world as God made it, by God's intention by saying yes to God's creation as a message of love to us, an invitation to delight in God. This message of love becomes opaque when we begin to use creation for our own purposes and not God's. And the cross is that sign of abandonment to God's purposes. It is our way of letting go to be set free from fear, free from self-reliance, free from manipulative power and control. The cross manifests a desire to leave this world of anxiety and enter into the loving climate of the life of the Holy Trinity. Now we fear the cross often because we're used to being in this place of fear, this fallen world of domination and manipulation and power. But Christ's sacrificial love today unleashes the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, who will lead us into all truth, the truth that will set us free. Then what is truth? The more we embrace the cross, the better we will answer this important and timeless question.